Hi, this is James Joke, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews. Tonight we're looking at self-publishing 101. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. One of the biggest problems about self-publishing is that there are a lot of options. Tonight we're going to basically start looking through a lot of these options and show you basically what can possibly work for you. You're going to find that different self-publishing options are well some of them are going to work really well for you some of them really aren't and some of them well there's not really one size fits all situation here some people are going to do strictly child sourcing in which case you're going to basically be looking at an offset press some people on the other hand want to be able to sell their book pretty much anywhere and so they're going to be looking at print-on-demand situations other people of course are going to want a little bit in both and so they're going to be looking at hybrid publishing one thing we're also going to be considering is the possibility of how vanity pushing isn't necessarily the scam that most people think it is and can actually help you as an author. And of course we'll be looking a little bit at traditional publishing just as basically a baseline. It's just straight up. You're going to find out that when you actually start getting into it that, well, like I said, you're probably going to end up doing some variation on a Chinese menu. If you do crowdsourcing, for example, you're going to want to go to an offset press to do a lot of the basic books. Then you're going to want to do some sort of print-on-demand situation to basically keep your book in circulation. On top of that, occasionally you'll want to do some sort of, well, special commemorative issue. And so, you know, obviously a vanity press is not going to be your worst enemy in that situation. You know, to each level, you're basically going to a different type of publishing in order to get your book out. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need to figure out what's going to work for you and what's going to basically give you the best possible book. And have a little bit of fun with it. Because like I said, each one of these different situations has its pluses and minuses. By looking at those pluses and minuses, you can determine if that's going to be the best solution for what you're trying to deal with that particular time. And every time is going to be a little bit different. So it can get all sorts of fun. Before we get into the actual self-publishing part, however, keep in mind that there are going to be services that you need to keep in mind while you're doing all of this. You know, some of these are going to just simply be obnoxious and more of a hurdle, and that's how you're going to look at it. But at the same time, you need to keep in mind that a lot of these services are set up specifically to make your book look as well as it possibly can. Even if you happen to be a graphic designer with an impeccable sense of grammar and you're basically, you know, have 20 years of experience, you're still going to want to take advantage of some of these services just because it's going to make it a lot easier on you. Yeah, these are not going to be cheap. Some of these do cost a couple thousand dollars. But at the same time, you need to keep in mind that taking advantage of these services, especially if you can allow for it, like your crowdsourcing or your savings, are going to basically not only save you a lot of time and headaches, but they're going to make your book look totally awesome. And the better your book looks, well, the better it's going to sell. So with that in mind, keep in mind, first off, you're going to basically be looking at editors. Editors nowadays do a lot more than just look at your grammar and you're looking for typos. Some of them can actually look at and actually tell if you're going to have problems coming up in terms of racism or sexism. Yeah, sometimes you want that racism and sexism in the book, especially if that happens to be a topic you're dealing with. But at the same time, you want to basically keep some sort of, you know, lid on and basically make sure you're not being too over the top or you're using it in situations where it doesn't matter. 
because this having editor go through is not necessarily the world's worst thing. If you can also happen to line up a lot of beta readers to go through your book and give it a quick critique, hey, so much the better. The more eyes on it, the better. You know, they're going to catch things that, and look for things that you wouldn't, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I'm going to emphasize real quick that, well, self-editing is a major pain. You want to try to avoid it as much as possible because, well, when you're self-editing, you're going to basically be making excuses for things that you should be worried about. You're going to basically be looking at it through your eyes rather than the eyes of an actual reader. And so, obviously, you're going to be missing a lot of stuff that the average reader would. On top of that, if you're like me, occasionally you'll be dropping words that, you know, should be there but aren't, but your mind will basically be putting those words in there for you. So a missed word will still be a missed word, it's just going to be one that you miss. So definitely having an editor is definitely a major plus. The next step obviously will be looking at somebody who can do layout. Yeah, I know a lot of people do their own layout and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. If you're doing strictly comics, a lot of that layout will be taken care of by your artist, and that's cool. However, at the same time, there's going to be other aspects of the layout that having a layout artist is definitely going to be plus minus, or definitely going to be a plus. For example, all that little indicia at the bottom of the page on that first page of a comic, that needs to be dealt with. Also, if you're going to be doing any ads throughout the comic, these need to be dealt with as well. If you're doing a book, and it's going to be, I mean, even if you're doing a children's book, you still need somebody to go through and make sure the lettering looks good, and that it's basically not being obscured too much by the artwork, or for that matter, it's creating a problem with the artwork. If you're doing a straight textbook, no, I'm not talking about something that you basically go to school with. I'm just looking more of a book that happens to be mostly text in this situation. Well, the layout artist is going to make your chapter headings look really nice. Figure out when you can and can't use drop capitals. And we'll even deal with a lot of the stuff like bolding and italics. Basically, you might be a great graphic designer, but somebody who's actually specializing is going to do a lot better than you can. And again, you're trying to make your book look as absolutely incredible as it possibly can. So having a professional go after it isn't necessarily the world's worst thing in the world. You're also going to want to set up some sort of web page. It's just straight up. It's You need somewhere to where everybody can go to to buy your book or at least be led to where to buy your book. Also, they're going to be looking for information on you and having a central clearinghouse for all this is not the world's worst idea. This is why you have a lot of authors set up their own pages. There is going to be a minor debate if you're going to set it up as a company page or an author's page. That's fine. Some people are trying to basically emphasize who they are versus working with the company. Other people, on the other hand, are trying to basically set themselves up as a company so they can be doing a whole lot of different things. Either approach is fine. Just figure out which one works for you. The general clue is, if you're doing a whole lot of different side businesses, company page will probably be the better idea, especially if you happen to be dealing with a couple of different authors under the same um, logo. On the other hand, if it's just you, you might want to do just a straight author's page. You know, either way works, you're just going to figure out which method works for you. I'm just giving you a general heads up here. But nonetheless, you do want to set up a web page, and you're going to have to probably do a web designer for it. Yeah, there's a lot of cheap places that will do the web design for you, 
But the problem is it looks cheap. If you have an actual professional web designer go after it, it can actually look pretty good. And again, the better your stuff works, the better it's going to sell. Yeah, I know you're going to get tired of me hearing saying that a lot, but it's something that needs to be said a lot. While you're doing this, when you're setting up your marketing, which is what the web page is part of, you're also going to be wanting to start setting up mailing lists, social media, and all this. If you can set this up about a month or two before the actual release of the book, awesome. That means you can actually get a buzz going, and the more buzz you get, the better. Once it actually drops, or you start doing pre-sales, hey, you've already got a built-in audience, and you're good to go. On the other hand, if you basically wait till the last minute and then you do all your marketing, yeah, it's going to show. You're going to be rushed. You're going to have basically going into it no real plan. And your sales are going to basically suffer. So if you can plan out to do your marketing a month or two in advance and you can actually get somebody on top of that for you, because let's get real, authors suck at marketing. It's not something we're built for. Some of us are sure... But in general, you need to hire somebody to do the marketing for you, and you need to listen to what they're saying. Yeah, I know it sucks because the whole thing about self-publishing is you're trying to do it under your name, and basically you're trying to be in total control. Well, I'll be straight up. A total control freak when you're trying to basically sell a book isn't always the best thing. Sometimes you need to let other people do their job and just simply help as much as you possibly can. Having a marketer is part of that. You're not necessarily losing control. Don't look at it that way. You're basically exploring more options to sell your book. Look at it that way and you're good to go. Trust me. Something you're also going to be wanting to look at is a thing called carousels. Um, all this means is that you're putting your book and somebody else's marketing strategy and taking advantage of it. You see this term a lot when you start looking at things like Amazon and Drafted Digital. Basically, all it means is that you're putting your book out to sell and you're trying to basically make it part of somebody else's collection. The advantage to a carousel is that, again, your book is basically in a position to be looked at by other people that you wouldn't normally think of to place it there. So if you can find a couple of places that will basically market your book as much as you possibly can, go for it. This is the cool thing about Drafted Digital as well as Ingram Spark. They tend to put your books in a lot of places. Sure, Amazon's basically got that whole worldwide distribution thing going, but they're only limited to Amazon. If I go draft to digital or Ingram Spark, I'm looking at basically putting my stuff in another you know, 10, 12 places that I wouldn't normally do myself. So there's a major plus to basically looking at things like carousels, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's other services you can look at, but the key here is if you can find somebody who can do your editing, somebody who can do your layout, somebody who can do a little bit of beta reading for you, somebody who can do your marketing, and you should be more fine. You know, have a little bit of fun with it. Look for the best people you possibly can, and more importantly, the people that you can afford. Figure out what your budget is, and keep in mind, you're going to be spending a couple thousand dollars on these people. That's not necessarily a bad thing, especially given that these are going to help sell your book later on. So look at it that way. You're running a business. Part of running a business is that you do have expenses for that business. All these 
are business expenses. And since they are business expenses, just like your printer, just like your printing, and I mean your household printer, as well as your laptop and your anything else you use to produce your books, all, all these little business expenses are tax deductible. So if that may, helps lessen this thing, cool. But if you really have to keep in mind that all this is trying to make your book look as absolutely gorgeous as it possibly can be. And the more gorgeous your book looks, the more awesome it looks, the better it looks, the more you're going to sell. So, you know, that's a major plus here. All right. First off, let's do a baseline thing. Let's start with traditional publishing and go from there. With traditional publishing, the relatively cool thing is that you have somebody who will take on a lot of the duties that we just described for you. Their cost of business will take care of those businesses expenses, and when it comes down to it, you'll get royalties from your book. What traditional publishing is, is that basically you submit your stuff to an agent. That agent will then shop that stuff around to various publishers throughout, and then we'll hopefully find the right publisher for you. And between the three of you, you'll hammer out a deal that's mutually beneficial to all parties. Obviously, the agent is going to be getting their 10% or so. And you'll be getting royalties from it as well as a greater... Well, basically, you don't have to worry about all the expenses we just listed. So that's basically taken off your shoulders. So there's a major plus there. The... Traditional publisher will basically deal with all the editing issues. They'll have all the beta readers they need. They'll be dealing with the layout. And they'll definitely be doing the marketing. They will obviously need your help as far as the marketing goes because occasionally they will want to send you places for book signings, conventions, that sort of thing. And, of course, you're also going to have to basically be doing a lot of marketing yourself in terms of your social media and anything else you basically happen to plug. And you'll also have to maintain your own website. So you'll still have some of those costs, don't get me wrong. But the bulk of it will be taken up by the traditional publisher. The minuses, however, are that first off, they'll have a lot of control over the book. They'll basically have deals in place that will prevent you from publishing in other places for a couple of years after the contract goes out. They'll basically be looking at things like the first publishing rights or the first preprint rights. You know, these are not necessarily a bad thing. It's just pointing out that you will lose a certain amount of control over your book. That's fine. Hey, traditional publishers all for you. The other limitation is that, well, you won't be making all the profit from your book. Somebody else will. You'll be basically beginning at best a 5-10% royalty off your, all the books that are sold. And of course, because it's usually advanced, some of the cost in terms of the layout, the editing and that will come off of that first. But keep in mind that you will have a bigger market. So even though you're basically making less per book, you'll be selling a ridiculously amount more books than you would normally, at least in theory. So in terms of profit, you'll actually probably end up making more profit than if you just simply did it yourself. Something to also consider here. But the bottom line is, is that in part of the term of self-publishing is that you basically are taking all the risk on your own. You're getting all the profits for it. And you have total control. If you go through a traditional publisher, yeah, you'll probably be making a lot more. They'll be dealing with a lot of the cost for you. But you'll be losing a lot of the control and a lot of the potential profit. 
Plus, on top of that, sometimes a traditional publisher will ask for other rights. I mean, they'll pay for these rights, but they'll be asking for other rights, for example, film rights. Or not, uh, sometimes, I know it's going to sound a really weird one, but they'll also be looking at novelization rights. Sometimes, going to a comic book, for example, or a children's book, you'll sometimes have people who want a straight text thing, and that's where the novelization rights come in. It gets really weird really quick, so, you know, when you start dealing with a traditional publisher, keep in mind that you're going to be wanting to talk to your agent a lot. But that's where you are with a traditional publisher. They take care of a lot of issues away from you, but that includes also a lot of the control and a lot of the potential profit. Just something to consider. So that's our baseline. The next thing to worry about will be, well, print-on-demand. Print-on-demand is pretty basic concept. Basically, you go to a company such as Lulu, Amazon, uh, Kablam, and what happens is that you upload a copy of your book, and then anytime somebody orders a copy of the book, a copy is printed right then and there. The major plus here is that you don't have to worry about an inventory. I mean, straight up. That is arguably the best part of the deal. What this means is that normally, if you're printing a comic, for example, or a regular book, you'd basically have a ridiculous amount of these copies lying around. You'd have to worry about storing them. You'd have to worry about making sure that they were kept safe, kept secure, and you'd have to basically have some sort of inventory control going. With a print-on-demand situation, you don't have to worry about that. This is why PODs are so popular. It's just straight up. I can upload to, say, Amazon... And I don't have to worry about the fulfillment issues. I don't have to worry about going out, doing it to the book, making sure I'm keeping track of the book that was just sold. I don't have to basically put it into a wrapper, then put it into an envelope, and then make sure I've got the address right. I don't have to worry about a big whole stack of books somewhere in my possession. I can just simply set up the marketing for it, and let all of it, all that paperwork and all that printing and all that take care of itself. This is arguably the biggest reason that print-on-demand sites are so popular. A lot of these print-on-demand sites will also offer marketing services, either to put your book in other markets or to basically just do a lot of the advertising for you or to give you other ways to advertise that you wouldn't normally have available. This is something you also have to keep in mind, especially if you're dealing with Amazon. With Amazon's print-on-demand or the Kindle desktop publishing or KDP is that there's a lot of options you have to be wary of, mainly because these options are always going to be plus-minus. First off, you're going to have an option of going into KDP Select. Yeah, we're going to mess with Amazon here for a few minutes That's because it's a major issue. Amazon has a worldwide distribution you can take advantage of, but it does come with a couple of interesting strings depending on what you take. First off, the biggest problem with advertising with Amazon is that they do have Amazon advertising, but it only works with their books. So if you basically are trying to sell another book from another party, for example, if you're trying to basically, you have your own books, even if you sent them to an Amazon fulfillment center, so Amazon gets to take care of all that problem for you, yeah, we'll be dealing with that as an option a little bit later on. But 
the key here is that even if you having Amazon do the fulfillment for you, they still won't advertise your books. They will only advertise your books if you're taking advantage of the KDP. So keep that in mind. Also, KDP Select does have certain limitations. Even though you can do a lot more in terms of marketing, in terms of setting your profit margins, for example, or if you want to basically sell your book for free just to get a little bit extra buzz every so often, the problem is that by going through KDP Select, even though you've got a lot more options in terms of how to sell your book, you can only sell your book through Amazon. This means you can't take it somewhere else, like through uh, draft to digital for example, or Ingram Spark, and start selling your book pretty much everywhere. You can only sell it through Amazon. So sort of keep that in mind. I mean, you do get some higher profit margins, and you can actually do a lot more in terms of really weird marketing. And like I said, you can take advantage of Amazon advertising, but just something to keep in mind. It's a plus-minus situation. So... But overall, when you're trying to do print-on-demand, it's got, like I said, it's got a huge number of advantages. You just have to make sure that the quality is acceptable for you. Because some of the print-on-demand places are a little iffy on the quality. So keep that in mind. Like I said, the bottom line here is they're basically only doing the printing when the book actually gets ordered. This is a major plus to everybody. But at the same time, it, sometimes there's a quality issue. So try to keep that in mind. All right, I need to backtrack for just a sec. One of the other cool things about going through a traditional publisher is that you're basically taking advantage of their imprint. If you're going through Random House, hey, you've all of a sudden become an imprint of Random House. If you're going through Scholastic, you've got the Scholastic logo. This is a major selling point in and of itself, and having that imprint on your book is a major plus. That's another reason people tend to go through the traditional publishing houses is because by having that logo on your book, well, at that point, you take advantage of the reputation of that traditional tr publishing house and it actually helps your sales again. I'm sort of bringing this up because when we start looking at the hybrid publishing services, they tend to mix a lot of the pluses and minuses between the traditional publishing houses and print-on-demand. Even though the publishing model is pretty much print-on-demand, you know, they basically somebody orders, the book is, public, uh, book is printed, you know, so there's no inventory, which is a major plus from the print-on-demand. At the same time, they're going to be offering you a huge number of services at a minor discount, obviously, that you can take advantage of it through their place. For example, editing, layout, and marketing. Which, of course, basically at that point puts them more in the realm of the traditional publishing house. Again, it's still going to be expensive. It's just at this point you get a minor discount because, well, they're working as basically looking at a publishing house. At the same time, however, because it is part of their logo, at, they do have a little bit of control over it. So you still get all the advantages of the print-on-demand to a certain degree, but at the same time, you're going to basically lose a little bit of control and a little bit of profit. So, it's something to consider. I mean, I'm not trying to come down a hybrid and make it sound like this is a really bad option. Just that some some people, they're going to basically be looking at the whole, you know, they've got a lot of issues. They don't know, you know, it's the first time they basically have self-published and they have no clue. So, they need somebody to basically hold their hand a little bit. In that regard, a hybrid publishing place is 
absolutely incredible. You know, you've got somebody who's willing to take you by your hand, show you what you need to do, show you the steps, and yeah, it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but at the same time, you're going to have a lot more confidence when it comes to selling your book. So, like you said, there's going to be certain pluses and minuses when you go through a hybrid place, but if you're relatively new to self-publishing, or you just simply don't want to deal with a lot of the issues and you have a little bit of money to spend, they're awesome places to go through. And like I said before, you're going to basically be spending a lot on a lot of these services anyway. It's, I mean, you're going to be trying to avoid it, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you might as well go with somebody who's consolidated all these different services for you. So in that regard, the hybrid publishing companies are definitely something to look forward to. All right, taking a sort of step back, let's talk about one of the problem places, and that's going to be a vanity press. Vanity presses were originally set up so basically people that were printing or basically were writing could basically have proof that they were actually writing something, have a few copies for friends and family, maybe sell off a few copies here and there, and overall had a really nice looking book. The problem, of course, is that you really paid really well for that really nice looking book. This is why it's really great if you're doing something like, say, uh, really a first edition or some sort of collector's edition. But the key thing to keep in mind is that vanity presses were not set up for most self-publishers. They were set up for people who basically wanted a really nice book about the, somebody who just died or if they were trying to do something about a family reunion and they wanted to make it look like a yearbook or any of those other options. A vanity press was basically set up for people who wanted to show that they had printed something but didn't actually want to sell. You as a business person want to try to avoid vanity presses unless you have a really specific reason for them. Like I said, you want to do a collector's edition? They're great people. Just keep in mind that you will be paying a lot for that. And because you, a lot of authors found out that you couldn't really tell the difference between a vanity press and a self-publisher as far as the advertising goes, well, they consider this a scam. I'm going to tell you straight up. It's not really a scam. It's You've got the vanity presses were not set up for self-publishing. They were set up for basically people who wanted to prove that they had written something and that was it. Or they wanted to be set up for people doing something really cool for something else like a family reunion, your book, or a book about a deceased person or something, you know, the mem memorabilia. They were not set up to help your business. So, generally speaking, you want to basically avoid vanity presses as much as you possibly can. There are pluses to going to a vanity press, obviously. Like I said, they'll do a really incredibly nice looking book. They'll give you that imprint value that we were discussing with the traditional publishing house and the hybrid house. But at the same time, they're not for you. So unless you have something specific in mind when you're dealing with the vanity press, avoid them at all costs. It's just, yeah, just avoid them. Simple, you keep it nice and simple. All right. We've dealt with all the fun part. Let's deal with the dreaded offset presses. If you're basically doing crowdsourcing or if you're doing some sort of convention and you're doing a lot of them, yeah, offset presses are going to be your best 
friend ever. The way Offset Press works is that essentially they make a copy of your book in terms of a film copy. They then tend to use that film copy to basically print off copies of your books. This is why the first thing you have to deal with when you're dealing with an offset press is that you will have a setup fee. Anytime you make any kind of corrections to your book, you'll then have to repay that or pay again that setup fee for an entirely new book, even if you're just doing a minor correction. So going to an offset press, you're probably going to be wanting to keep your corrections down to an absolute minimum. At the same time, like I said, if you're trying to basically do a ridiculous huge order of books and you need them done quickly, Offset Press is totally awesome. If you're doing crowdsourcing, like through a Kickstarter Indie Indiegogo, again, you're going to be going through an Offset Press in order to get the book printed, even if you're doing it indirectly. You know, you I have a lot of people that will think that they're going through Kinko's, setting up their book through them, but the reality is that Kinko's or any other you know, corner copy shop will basically be sending their books to some sort of offset press. And then they'll be doing those costs back to you. The cool thing is, is that the more copies you do, the cheaper it gets. Basically, if you're doing, say, a thousand copies, you're going to find it's a little bit cheaper than if you're doing a hundred. If you're going to do an offset press, I advise you to have an absolute minimum of a hundred, five hundred books that you're planning on selling. Otherwise, the cost just won't be worth it. Go through print-on-demand and just go straight print-on-demand. If, on the other hand, you're doing crowdsourcing and you're going to be wanting to do a couple thousand books, then, hey, definitely go through the offset press. However, keep in mind that just like print-on-demand, they don't do any of those extra services for you. They don't do the editing. They don't track down beta readers. They don't do the layout. And they definitely don't do the marketing. That's something that's going to be totally on you. But again, that's fine. All you want is somebody to print off your books. And that's exactly what they're there for. So, again, if you're, the only problem to keep in mind is that you are going to have to deal with a lot of the issues in terms of making sure that the inventory is tracked, the inventory is secure, that you actually do have a place to keep the inventory. And... You're going to basically be sending a lot of these out yourself. And trust me, a thousand books may sound sort of like neat to have around, especially when you look at your bookshelf and you notice, hey, I've got a couple hundred books. How hard can it be to deal with a thousand books? Yeah, you're going to find out real quick that that palette is a problem. It's a monster. It's a pain. But at the same time, it's all sorts of worth it, especially if you're doing a lot of conventions or if you're doing crowdsourcing. I will point out that some places will do fulfillment centers for you. The cool thing about this is that you can have the books printed off and sent there. Amazon fulfillment is obviously the big friend here. There are, of course, other fulfillment services, but we're looking at Amazon and basically setting up your site there for obvious reasons. Worldwide distribution, need I say more? So, offset presses are definitely going to be your friend if you're doing any kind of crowdsourcing. Also, hot tip if you're doing, when you do your crowdsourcing, make sure that when you basically set up your cost for the tiers and all that, that you allow for the fact that you want to basically print off one book for your, your donator and one for you, or some variation thereof. 
basically you want to end up with spare copies of your book this will allow you to basically take the book the spare copies and sell them to local booksellers will allow you to do things like barnes and noble who look for the physical copy of your book and will also allow you to take these to conventions so not only are you basically trying to basically take care of anybody who's donating to your cause and taking advantage of the tier system but you also want to basically make sure that you have a number of books left over for your own purposes yeah I, a lot of people will make the mistake of only printing off enough books to take care of donations. Yeah, that's a mistake. Straight up, don't do that. Don't worry about just the short term of dealing with whoever you happen to be selling to. Basically make sure that you actually have a couple hundred extra books at an absolute minimum. If you can do a one for one, great. If you can, but don't go any lower than not say five donator copies one copy for you. That 5 to 1 ratio is going to kill you in the end. So yeah, you will have an inventory to keep in track of, but it's definitely worth it. So keep that in mind when you start going to the offset press versus the print on demand. That inventory is going to be your major sticking point. If you're basically doing crowdsourcing or you're doing a lot of conventions or you're doing a lot of sales to local book sell source, definitely go use print offset printer as much as you possibly can on the other hand if you're trying to basically do a lot of internet sales or you're trying to basically not worry about inventory print on demand is the good, best way to go and keep in mind that you can combine the two which is always sort of cool gives you a lot more options that way so what does this all mean for you <clears throat> as a self-publisher this basically means that you have options you get to decide how you want to sell your book how to basically play around with it like I said you don't have to limit yourself to just one option the classic example is that you will have some sort of crowdsourcing campaign where you'll basically take care of all the donator copies plus obviously keep a few books for yourself that way you've got something for the local bookstores and you've got something for conventions but you'll also basically take advantage of print-on-demand to basically take care of that worldwide distribution Especially if you can basically make the two books look pretty much the same. This can be a little expensive, sure. But like I said, with crowdsourcing, you've already taken care of all that financial issue. The major minus is that between the two of them, you probably want to go through a hybrid house to basically make sure that you've got a copy of the book that has been edited, that's been laid out pretty well, and that the marketing is started on. For some people, obviously... The long key goes straight traditional, but that's fine. Everybody does what works for them. And of course, if you want to do something like a special collector's edition or something really cool just for a few select fans or for some sort of, you know, donation award or something like that, you can always take advantage of a vanity press to give you a really nice copy of the book. So that vanity press is going to be plus minus here. It's going to basically give you something really cool every so often. And it's going to be a little bit costlier than a normal book. So keep that in mind when you go through a vanity press. But by combining all these different messages, it gives you a lot of different options. Obviously, some people will tend to focus on one or the other. They'll either basically, you know, do a crowdsourcing situation where the crowdsourcing will be taking care of their, their living costs 
any type of artist living expenses or cost for the artist. You'll be taking care of the editing, the layout, as well as the marketing. And give them a few extra copies to play around with in terms of, well, other sell options. Other people, of course, will basically go through only through print-on-demand because it gives them total control of how they can market the book. It basically gives them ways to take care of worldwide distribution. And above all, they don't have to worry about any inventory issues. Some people just like living a simple life. Can't blame them. You're going to have to figure out the solution that works best for you. Like I said at the start, there is no one-size-fits-all situation here. You're going to have to figure out what your solution is for your particular needs. You know, if you basically have a flat or an apartment or a house where you can actually have some room to basically put a couple thousand books, hey, obviously crowdsourcing is going to be your main source of income. You've got something to take advantage of, and obviously you're going to have to figure out the solution for that on your own, but that's doable. Conversely, if you're basically dealing with a postage side stamp apartment or you're in a position where you can't really get to the post office all that often, print-on-demand is going to be your go-to. If you're in a somewhat of a different situation, you know, you might want to take advantage of a little bit of hybrid press. If you, Especially if you happen to be new and you're sort of worried about how to go about all this. On the other hand, if you're a little bit more adventurous, you know, crowdsourcing or back to print-on-demand. Again, it's you're going to have to figure out a solution that works best for you. These are your options. These are basically tools that you can use to sell your book. Basically, try to figure out how to make the best book you possibly can, and then go for it. You know, it's just, this is part of the cool thing about self-publishing. You get to make the decisions. You get to basically make the mistakes. Yeah, but making the mistakes is half the fun. It gives you a learning curve. It shows you what you can do better and take advantage of that. And like I said, you've got options. So I hope you've gone from being totally confused to possibly being a little bit more confused. That's not necessarily a bad thing here. It means you get to do a little bit of research. And hey, doing research is what writers do best, right? So I hope this has helped. If you want to help support the podcast, please check our Patreon out at patreon.com slash two sparrows. T-W-O, two sparrows. Um, I'm available on Amazon, and we do have a YouTube. If you want to subscribe there, awesome. If you want to leave comments on the podcast, great. You want to swear at me? I can live with that. You want to but I'd really rather have your praise. Um, straight up. Have some fun. Get writing and have some fun with it. Have a great day.